And as I researched and looked and saw, you know, what was the work that other nonprofits were doing in this space of reentry, and what was missing was the whole holistic approach for the entire family. Not just, you know, working with that in one individual. We needed to capture the whole entire household. So Rewake was born from that uh, because we want to capture the whole entire family and make an impact on their whole, their quality of life. This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Bird. I'd like to thank my patrons for supporting the show, especially the Marks family and Stephen Culp. If you're enjoying the show or the newsletter, I'd like to invite you to become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash chat civics. I'm Demetrius Coonrod. I serve on Chattanooga City Council for District 9, and I'm also the CEO of Rewake. Awesome. So let's start by talking about Rewake and and tell us a little bit more about what that organization is and what y'all do. Yeah, absolutely. So I started Rewake because of my own challenges, the collateral consequences of being in a penal institution uh, for quite some time. And once I come home back into society, I realized that, hey, things haven't changed much in our communities. And these uh, what's happening in our communities, the ultimate result is recidivism. Not just for myself, but for everybody that lives in my dish, my community, like in the whole city of Chattanooga. Um, and as I researched and looked and saw, you know, what was the work that other nonprofits were doing in this space of reentry, and what was missing was the whole holistic approach for the entire family. Not just you know working with that in one individual. We needed to capture the whole entire household. So Rewake was born from that uh, because we want to capture the whole entire family and make an impact on their whole, their quality of life. So the goal of the organization is to stop the cycle of recidivism. Is that yes, a fair stop summary? The cycle of recidivism. And, you know, for the whole entire family. And it's not just focused uh, solely just on people who went to prison. We want to capture those people who are dealing with addiction, addiction struggles. Uh, you know, people that just need to re-entry back into society coming from a divorce or whatever it is that it, it may be that's got you feeling like you've had lack of resources or support to help you motivate you to move you in the right direction. So what kind of tools and resources do you use to help these people re-enter society? Uh, the be- the one thing that I love the most about one tool is chess. We use chess uh, for cognitive restructuring and we use it and relate life issues with the game of chess. Everybody that come in, they love it. Like, that's the first thing. They're like, let's play chess. Let's, let me tell you what's that happened uh, during my week as they move the pieces across the board. And we talk about well, how when you encountered this barrier or this obstacle, what was your plan to move around it to get to your end goal of something positive? And, you know, it's, it gives them the moment to think like, hmm, I didn't think about that. How I was successful of moving around it or what added things that I needed of support that could have helped push me along so I won't encounter the same cycles of going downward. And it's been really interesting. We've now recently incorporated drama because what we found in our counseling sessions is that people, if they're at a point where they've suppressed it so they can't talk about it and express it. But if I can get you to act it out in a different person, you can express 
and you know replicate the things and how you're how you're feeling and it's been working wonderful uh you know with our with the people that come through our organization uh we also like to say we use uh the coaching method i'm a certified life coach as well of course we have the mentorship component in there and we've added the employment aspect to it too to make sure that people are being able to work uh, because without having a job, you can't take care of your family. But we do also want to make sure that your mental health is prepared for those settings as well. Right. So how do you how do you get referrals for a program like this? How do you find the people that you're serving? Oh, man. So we work with different uh, organizations like Tennessee Department of Corrections uh, and uh, probation parole officers. We work with the court systems, you know, neighborhood association groups. We'll partner with schools, daycares, anybody that can recognize, hey, this may be a good resource for you and your family. Neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, they can say, hey, here's here's the information or contact. Reach out to them because they may this may be an opportunity for you. Um, and so we've been getting all kind of people that's coming, you know, even the ones that have been out of prison for over 20 years. And they just want to get their background cleaned up, get their rights restored. And we help them through that process as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there is a lot of focus here on families and I think that's, that's wonderful. So if you could talk more about that and why that's important to not just focus on, on the individuals who are in the cycle, but the people in their life that are affected by it. Yes, Nathan, it's very important to focus on families because I can focus on the mother or the father, but that kid is watching. And as that kid gets older, they're going to replicate what they've seen that parent do. So we've got to capture that kid to show them a different way, you know what I mean? And we talk even with the kids and the parents. So the parents can say to the kid, we don't want you to go on this path. This is why, this is the result of my behaviors who's led mm-hmm. me here. And now that I'm grown, you know, I'm trying to work on it, but we need you to do better before you get here. Like it shouldn't take you to be in your 40s to realize I done messed up my life. I can't get a job. I can't get housing, you know, the results of all that stuff and still being caught up in this vicious cycle. And what we found is, you know, working with parents and building a strong relationship, even, you know, uh, support of co-parenting. Mm-hmm. The kid has transformed their whole life because now they've got both parents. They're proud. They're excited that they got pa- both parents showing up, you know, even if, you know, and helping them, you know, do away with the child support. Because it, that's a whole nother situation in their life that keeps them in a, a, a cycle of, uh, you know, that setting of going to prison and it's a whole lot of other consequences behind it. But if we can get the parents to continue to work together with that kid showing up for the kid, the behaviors uh, decline, you know, and it, it starts giving them a sense of empowerment and ownership with that family. So uh, we just moving better. It reduces crime and increases. It enhances the public safety aspect of it. Uh, and it's just a control for your household. That's awesome. That's that is really like you said at the beginning, a holistic approach that yeah. I think is really inspiring. Um, I know voting rights is a is a big issue for you and, and restoring voting rights to people. And you, you mentioned it briefly, but if you could talk more about that and what that process looks like and how you help people through that process, that'd be great. Yes, Nathan. You know, a lot of people, when they come home from prison, the, they don't think about, you know, let me get my voting rights. It's I need somewhere to stay. I want to get a job. I want to hop back into life. And, you know, when they encounter organizations and we talk about it, like, hey, you should get your voting rights back. And then, you know, people with background challenges who have lost their rights to vote, they instantly get fearful, like, no, 
I don't want to be bothered with that. I just want to leave them people alone, let them stay out of my life. Let me just fly up under the radar and keep my head down. And we're not really educating people on the importance of why you need to get your voting rights back and mm-hmm. the importance of actually exercising that right, right? Because that's your voice and to be heard. And when you've been impacted by the criminal justice system, that's a way that you can fight back. And so what I do is just, and I also work with the, uh, you know, election commission on creating a step-by-step guide to say this is the process on how you get your voting rights restored. It's an easy process. You just go, you know, to the election commission. You get the form to take back to your probation or parole officer, even if you you've completed it. Uh, they still need to fill that form out to say, hey, they completed everything. They don't owe any restitution. They've been a great citizen or whatever, doing their due diligence. And then you take it back. They mail it off. And, you know, there there are some crimes that may prevent you from not getting your rights restored. But, you know, majority of them, you can get it back. So once you get your voting rights restored and go through that process, Nathan, I always encourage everybody to go that extra step and get your citizenship rights restored because we don't often hear about it in the process. We all only sell that small portion. But if you get your citizenship rights restored, of course, you can run for office such as I did. You know, other you can serve on the jury. It's other things you can apply for your disabilities, the firearm, if you were supporter to, you know, your gun rights. It's a whole lot of other stuff that you can do, and it makes you whole as a person again. And then once that process is complete, and then petition, you know, the, the governor, if you have state-related charges, or the president, if you have federal charges to where you can you can right the wrong that you've done because you've been a productive citizen in society and doing the right thing. That's fantastic. I mean, I, th- this podcast is is dedicated to local issues very particularly. And so to hear about people trying to get their voting rights back and trying to get their citizenship rights back, you know, you ran for city council and, and here you are, you know, several terms in um, that that idea that you can serve your community very in a very close proximity in a way that you, you might not be able to without those rights. I think it, that's fantastic. The work that you're doing. Um, you. So, so I, I do have one last question about rewake. Um, how, how is it funded? I know this, this sounds like a lot of work that you're doing and, and you know, you have to have a building to, to play chess in and, and do your drama and all this other counseling work. And you have to have, I'm sure it's not just you. I'm sure you've got some other people helping out, but uh, where does the funding come from for the program? You know, Nathan, and you may tickle a little bit when I say this. We just started last year submitting funding applications, you know, to different funders opportunities. But prior to that, what my fiance and I did was we t- we were so passionate about it and wanted to see the vision birth is that we went and worked a second job and used the money from that second job to fund the things that we wanted to see happen. Because we didn't want people to be turned away because we didn't have the money to do it. So it's like, okay, well, what can we do? Well, let's let's work a job and let's put all our money into the pot and say we're gonna just execute it and do it. And you know, it it was worth it. It was it was just well worth it. Were we tired? Yeah, we were tired. But seeing the benefits of somebody else's life changing, I wouldn't have changed it. That's wonderful. Wow. Um, one last question, I guess. I that I'll tack on to the end. How can people get involved? Are there volunteer opportunities or fundraising opportunities that people can get involved with or uh, the website where people can learn more? Yeah, so the website is www.re-wake.org. Right now we're running a campaign to 
uh, you know, for donations to get work boots for our participants. So because many show up, you know, they get jobs, but then they don't have since they've been out of work, they don't have the funds to even buy work boots. And we take it and look at it as man, work boots. That is a simple request. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's a tool that's needed for them to be successful. So if anybody want to donate to that cause, they can just go right on their website and they can donate a pair of work boots is, you know, $50 or less. We're not trying to get them the old expensive, expensive brand, just something to get them working until they can get their own paycheck. Um, so those opportunities there for that. Uh, if anybody want to volunteer, we welcome all volunteers to come. You know, if you want to help. And uh, we, we also incorporate art therapy. So if you're an artist, you want to come do some art therapy with our participants. We use all that. We welcome that music. We incorporate a lot of things in, in soda because that's what I like and see saw how helpful that it was in my life and my transition. And so we welcome everybody. Uh, we accept clothing donations. We just recently partnered with the food bank. So when we distribute food, we can, you know, have volunteers come on site so they can help distribute food too as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for the work that you're doing here. This sounds like a great organization and I look forward to seeing how it grows in the years to thank come. You. Thank you so much. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about your your role as city councilwoman. So if you, you're city councilwoman for District 9, so if you could just explain kind of what area that encompasses. Yeah, so District 9 is, you know what, I love my district because I have a combination of all kind of people that's in my district from various income levels. Uh, so we go from Missionary Ridge, uh, we go down to the Georgia state line, close some of the East Lake area I share with District 7. I have Avondale that I share with District 8, East Chattanooga with District 8. Uh, East, and then I have the Eastdale community that I also share with District 5. So my my district, it borders everybody else's that we share with each other. And then I have Glenwood. Highland Park, my you know, Highland Park, Ridgedale. Uh, yeah, it's just a great district. And you're in your second term or third term? I forget. It's my second term. Okay, second term. Um, so I've got a couple of questions. You have been sponsoring some legislation and some letters that's in front of the city council. So I wanted to start um, talking about terms. Uh, you recently sponsored some legislation to put term limits on city council members, mm-hmm. uh, extend the term limits for the city mayor, and to also realign city elections with county elections. Yes. So could could you tell us more about that legislation? And, and is that all one package or is it separate? It's all one package, Nathan, but I think that uh, I really want to move to separate each thing because mm-hmm. we may have some that want to support just one portion of it, but not all of it, you know, and I think. Uh, but the I needed the legislation to move forward and hope that it moves forward because people are just burnt out after the presidential election. And it'd be so many national issues that get us all off track of what's going on with local issues pretty much in the state uh all the other uh you know elections they're partisan races and we're nonpartisan. we can still remain partisan by going on the same track as you know the state the county commissions and all those on that track we can still remain nonpartisan. but what i think is that to give people the opportunity more people to vote for city leaders as well because when you look at the numbers of how people come out they're going to come out for issue-based issues right and so they're, they're, that means more people are going to drive the vote for city elected officials as well, because we have some districts, the numbers are just incredibly low. And it's like, wait a minute, what's, why aren't our people coming out to vote? Of course, the conversation has come up. Well, 
that's going to reduce the chances of black people being elected to represent the districts. And for me, I just don't believe it. I just don't believe that because people are going to vote for whoever is going to, they feel like that's going to do the job, no matter if it's a black person, a white person, or a Hispanic. And if you're speaking to the people and building those relationships, they're going to vote for you, right? And uh, I'm a firm believer that, Nathan, at this day and time, we shouldn't draw our districts to be that way, right? I'm a black woman. I want to serve everybody. And I want whoever you are to know that I got you as my best interest, too. You're important to me, too. It's not just black people, you know, but we get so isolated in that way. And I think the term limits is that we have so many people that will get on city council and be there forever. That complacency sets in, you know, you're not as geared and motivated as, you know, you're just there. And the community gets to the point where they saying, well, we can't. Ain't no point of running. We got to wait for this individual to die. And it's like, no, if you want to run for office, run for office. If you, you know, you see some things that need to be done in your community, you want to champion for it, you want to be the voice of your district, you go for it. We shouldn't let people who've been in office four or five terms stop anyone. And no one should be told that, right? So term limits for me is city council should be an entry level. If you done did two, three years, go on to the, you know, four years need to be the max. We don't need you on here for 20 something years. That does nothing for our community, right? And for the importance of black communities, how they've got a district is that we all represent each other and we can't climb the ladder of success if we wanted to, if we're always, no one wants to move. <laughs> no one wants to move. So it's very important. And I'm hoping, you know, with the mayor, he's term to four terms. Okay, well, what happens if we get him three terms or get him four terms? Like, what if we had a mayor, if we were set up like the county system, I most definitely wouldn't like that. But we should have term limits in place for city council, just like we got for the mayor. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a while since I've read the proposal and it it, um, it might have changed in committee along the way. But you're suggesting uh, four four year terms for city council. And four yes. four-year terms for the city mayor, is that correct? Yes. And that may change because people are like, right. oh, we don't want to get a mayor four terms. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so what is, what's the next step in the process for that legislation? So now we're just kind of waiting, uh, you know, for colleagues to kind of look at it. And I try to do things the right way, you know, make sure it comes across. Not that, you know, try to work with them behind. So I want people to really genuinely know that I'm following the process for myself. So giving them the opportunity to look at the legislation, share their input or ideas or what they think. Now, the thing is, Nathan, if if we vote on it as a council to move it forward, then it'll be placed on the referendum on the ballot for a city, for the community members to vote and say, hey, if this is something that they want. I'm a supporter of the community having their input. So for me, that sounds good. And if the community say, you know what, we don't think that's good for our city, then, hey, that's what we're going to But if it's never introduce for you to make a decision you know because you're the voters you're you're our voters so that'll be the next step if if we decide to move forward with it then nathan and everybody else in chattanooga get the vote on it to say if they want to implement it or not awesome so i want to move on to another issue you're currently sponsoring a letter and you're asking your colleagues on the city council to join you asking the governor to reconsider state penalties for simple possession of marijuana can you tell us more about why you wrote this letter and what you're hoping to achieve 
Oh man, I'm hoping that he free everybody that's in state prison for a simple possession of marijuana. We know now a lot of people use marijuana for a lot of different things. A lot of people, you know, anxiety, mental health issues or whatever it may be. Uh, and I think that since our president, you know, moved forward to do the same exact thing on a federal level, which only, you know, allowed people, a small percentage of people to come home from federal prison that may have got indicted or charged from simple possession, marijuana charge. But we know, Nathan, how uh, a simple possession charge has uh, destroyed many people's lives, right? And once it get on your background, you have a challenge of it knocks you out the running of employment housing options. A lot of people have become homeless behind it. And we need to just take a different look at it. You know, marijuana, and you know, a lot of people, like I say, they use it for different things, different methods. And that's, hey, if that's what you choose to do, cool. And now we got CBD because another part of the uh, letter is about putting a tax on CBD, on businesses that sell CBD. Why? Because we can um, capture those uh, funds and earmark them for mental health services. And so uh, right now it's not regulated by the state. Uh, the state doesn't have a tax on it. The city doesn't have a tax on it. It will create a new revenue stream, uh, you know, and I compare it to the short term vacation rental because it was a new market. It was a new revenue stream. The uh, money wasn't captured into, you know, what we're going to do with it or how we're going to spend it. But I think if we do get the opportunity to move forward with the taxing of CBD, it'll be beneficial for our community, especially for mental health. Great. So I've, I've got one last question for you, and, and I look forward to seeing how that letter pans out. I know y'all are going to be voting on it within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so you recently made a soft announcement that you'll be seeking a new role when your current term with city council is over. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, I'm excited about it, Nathan. Um, you know, I just feel wholeheartedly like now, you know, after two years of serving on city council, and I love serving on city council. I love the communities that I serve. Um, but I understand that uh, as I look through the city of Chattanooga and see the issues that are truly, truly affecting us, and we are capped by the state in certain things and how we can move and what we can do to really change the trajectory of those issues, we have to fight at the state level issues. Uh, and so, and I'm passionate about those things, and I want the opportunity to go lead in that space uh, at the State House for District 28. Uh, I believe I'm the person for it that will be the voice of the people for the whole, not just for the District 28, but for the entire city of Chattanooga, right? Uh, I built those relationships with people because I understand that you just can't operate with a specific political party. You got to work with everybody to get the things done that we need for the city of Chattanooga. And that's my plan. And right now I'm just, uh, you know, taking a tour of the community, of the district, asking for people input you know, making them aware of what I plan to do, getting to know other people in those areas. Um, and so we can work together as a unit to make sure that we're getting the things that we need from the state. Awesome. Well, I look forward to hearing more about that. And I'm sure that race will start gearing up here soon. Mm. Um, is there anything else you want to mention before we we close off here? Plug the website one more time for Rewake and, and any other information you want to share? Yes, check out the website, www.re-wake.org. If you're interested in jumping on any other campaigns for work boots, you can click the donate link there if you want to volunteer. Uh, just come on board and volunteer. Just let us know what you have to offer us that we can add, what you would like to do, how you would like to plug in. We welcome everybody. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, you're welcome, Nathan. Have a great day. You too. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, please send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at chatcivics, or visit the website chattanoogacivics.com. Thanks for listening. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.